Aren't you glad it's real? Amen. Amen. I want you to take your Bibles tonight, if you will, and turn to the book of Acts. The book of Acts tonight. We're going to do things just a little differently this evening. I'm going to go ahead and pray, and then we're going to take just a moment and review what we have already studied, and then we'll, we'll read our scripture and get right into, into some brand new material tonight. I'm excited about tonight because, honestly, I believe that what we're going to give you is, is helpful. I believe for our church, on the most part, I believe what I'm going to give you tonight is what I would call preventive maintenance. I don't think the motor's knocking, but we want to make sure we keep the oil changed. And so we thank the Lord for that. Uh, and so this is preventive maintenance tonight. What we, we're talking about uh, uh, understanding the wonderful way of public worship. So let's pray real quickly, and then we'll review just for a few moments tonight. Father, thank you for the opportunity to be back in your house again this evening. And Lord, I'm glad I know it's real. It's why we're here on a Wednesday night. Lord, it's worth us coming for. It's why, uh, Lord, so many of our Calvary folk, Lord, this is not just something we do just to go through the motions. Lord, we do this because our Savior is real. And we don't just have a religion, but thank God we have a relationship. And we just thank you and praise you for that tonight. Thank you for a so great salvation. Now, Lord, we're thankful for that holy night that Miss Emery sang about tonight. And then, God, because of that, because of that holy night, Lord, it's real. It's real. We thank you for that. Father, I pray now that you'll knit our hearts together as we take just a few moments now to gather around this precious book we call the Bible, the Word of God. Lord, we're thankful for its perfection. We're thankful for its preservation. We're thankful for its inspiration, and God, we're also thankful for its transformation, that it can transform us, and it, 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 it does that. I pray that you'll bless the preaching and the teaching of your word tonight. Bless those that are watching by way of live stream. We're so thankful for our live stream church family tonight. I pray that you'll bless in every burden. God, there are some burdens tonight. I pray that you would bless. I pray that you would give grace where grace is needed. God, there are some families tonight that are standing in the need of grace, and I pray that you'd help them. I think about those that are in need of healing. Lord, I pray that you would give healing where healing is needed. And then, Lord, we think about those that are, that are standing in the need of salvation. Father, how I pray that you would show them their need of Christ, and I pray that they would find their way to the foot of the cross, and I pray that they would come to know Christ as personal Savior. Lord, give us power now and direct us in the service and we thank you and praise you for all that you do. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray and for his sake and all God's people said, amen. Well, we've talked about several things tonight. Number one, we said that public worship included music and melody. We said several things about music. We said, number one, music affects your memory. Uh, songs have a way of getting uh, in your mind and, uh, and, and uh, boy, they, they, they stand out. Now, we sang that little chorus, Jesus used me. And I've, as I've already said, I've been singing that all week. I've been singing that, been singing it all day today, going down the road, just singing it. And, you know, it's so, it's so important that you get a good song in your mind so you can just let it marinate and just let this, think about it and sing it. And uh, I know none, none of you probably are in this category, but, 
Boy, if you ever get bothered by the devil, it's just good to have a song that you can go to and that you can sing uh, and just, just let that, that thing just be in your mind over and over and over. We said that music can affect your memory. Music can affect your movements, and it does. That's why it's so important that you, that you uh, listen to the right kind of music. Music can affect your mood. And then we said more importantly that music can be used as a medium for worship. And so uh, and how true that is. Then we said this, number two, we said that public worship <clears throat> included attendance at multiple times of the day and also of the night. We said that biblical worship traditionally assembled often for the purpose of public worship. Uh, they met on, uh, on, uh, during the day. They met in the morning. They met at night. Uh, sometimes they met all night. Uh, they met during the week. Sometimes they met all day. They met daily. Uh, they were daily in the temple and in every house. Uh, they ceased not to preach and teach Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and then we said this. We said that public worship, public worship included a message from God's man. Now, Titus chapter 1 verse 3, Paul said, But hath in due times manifested his word through preaching. And we said that <clears throat> preaching exhibits the power of God. And we said that uh, preaching performed right pleases God. And then we said that preaching publicly proclaims the word of God. And, uh, and so we thank the Lord for those wonderful truths that we've learned. But I want to go a step further tonight, and I want to talk to you about this subject tonight. Number four is this. Public worship included a multitude of believers. Now, I want you to look in your Bibles tonight. You're, you may remain seated this evening, but I want you to look in your Bibles at Acts chapter 2. And look, if you will, please, at verse number 41. Acts chapter 2 and verse number 41. The Bible says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. Notice this next line. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Verse 44. And all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord, notice this statement here, and the Lord added to the church, what's the next word? daily and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved and so public worship included a multitude of believers now here's a question tonight is there a model is there a model that the modern day church is supposed to follow and I believe there is I believe there's most most definitely a model that that we ought to follow uh, as far as the Calvary Baptist Church is concerned now with that said, I believe the Bible gives us some models that we should not follow. I believe you don't have to go there physically tonight, but I believe that in Revelation chapter 3, Revelation chapter 2 and Revelation chapter 3, the Bible talks about the seven churches in Revelation there. And I believe that there are some churches there that the Bible specifically puts in there, the Holy Spirit specifically mentions and I believe that some of these churches would not be a good model for us to follow. For instance, 
We find in Revelation chapter 2, verses 2 through 4, uh, the church of Ephesus. Now, the church of Ephesus was a good church. Don't get me wrong. And the church of Ephesus had some good works about them. But the Bible is very clear to tell us that the church of Ephesus left their first love. And God said, I want you to repent and I want you to get back to doing what you used to do. And oh, Calvary Baptist Church, may I say tonight, may we never get away from our first love. Let's make sure that we, we never get away. Let's, let's make sure that we keep the main thing, the main thing. And the main thing is the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, but they got away from their first love. I thought about the church of Thyatira. Again, a church that had some good things. But according to Revelation chapter two, verses 19 through 20, the church of Thyatira became an idolatrous church. And they began to serve idols. And the Lord rebuked them for that. But then I thought about the church of Laodicea. And some believe that, uh, that, that we're living in that Laodicean age right now. I'm gonna be honest with you. I think there, there's probably a lot of weight uh, to, uh, to bear credit for that, that we're living in that Laodicean church age. Revelation chapter three, verses 14 through 17 tells us about that church of Laodicea. And it was a church that became absolutely lukewarm and smug in their religion. I'm gonna read that passage for you if I could. In Revelation 3, verse 14, the Bible says, And under the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou art cold or hot. Verse 16 says, So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Now that's a very... That, that's a very eloquent way of the Lord saying, you make me want to vomit. Amen. That's really what that's talking about. Now, the Lord saying that this church made him sick. It made him sick on his stomach and that it made him feel nauseated, that he wanted to just throw up because of what they were doing. And he said in verse 17, because thou sayest I am rich and increased with need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Oh, listen, may we never get to that place at Calvary Baptist Church where we say we don't need anything. Because we do need something. We need the church, of, we need the touch of God. More than we need money, more than we need finances, more than we need funding, more than we need people, more than we need a program more than we need facilities or a building or any of those things. How many know that we need the breath of God? Oh yes, good neighbor, we need the breath of God. We need the fresh touch of the Holy Spirit to touch this place. May we never get away from that. Oh, you say, amen, preacher, you're right. Can I ask you a question though? Have you prayed for that today? Before you walked in this room tonight, did you pray? I don't know how many times I've prayed today. Oh God, breathe on us tonight. Oh, Lord, breathe on us tonight. Breathe on us tonight. God, help us tonight. Oh, God, help us. Listen, a sermon is not enough. And a song, although they were wonderful tonight, a song is not enough. And the music was wonderful. I mean, it really was. It was wonderful tonight. But the music is not enough. And the fellowship is not enough. We've got to have the presence of God at Calvary Baptist Church if this church is going to go on to do something great for God. But wait a minute now. What, what is the model 
of, of the early New Testament church. I believe one of the defining things that we see about the early church is that it was exploding with growth. It was exploding with growth. Now, this is just interesting. I, I, I think this is just really interesting. We'll put a few things up. How about this? Number one, we find originally the church, the early church, was growing by addition. Now, turn back to Acts chapter 2 if you turned away from it. Acts chapter 2, and look, if you will, at verse number 41. This is pretty neat stuff. Acts chapter 2, verse 41, the Bible says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were, what's the word? Added. There were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Now, this was, of course, miraculous. It was supernatural. God did a, a, a great thing on the day of Pentecost, but the Bible says that 3,000 souls were added to the church on one day. Now, let's skip down to verse number 47. The Bible says, praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord, what's the next word? Added to the church, what's the next word? Daily, such as should be saved. All right, skip over a couple pages or so to Acts chapter five and verse number 14. Acts chapter five, verse number 14. The Bible says, and believers were the more, what's the word? Added to the Lord. Uh, and believers were the more added to the Lord. What's the next word? Multitudes, both of men and women. Did you know there are some scholars that say that word multitudes could be in excess of 20,000? And so the Bible says that they were added to the Lord. Now I want to stop real, real quick and just insert a little something there, if I could. Calvary. We should not be satisfied if God is not constantly adding to this congregation. It ought to, listen, it ought to bother us, and not just the pastor. It ought to bother us if God is not constantly and continuously doing something where new folks are coming in and new families are coming in. And I talked to a pastor, it's been some time back now, but I, I was, uh, we were out uh, at a place, at a business, and I ran into this pastor, and I went up to him, and I shook his hand, and I said, hello, brother. And I said, how's it going? How's the church going? And he looked at me with a solemn face, as if to say, there's nothing I can do about it. And he said, my church is dying by attrition. Church is dying. And what he was saying was, mostly in my church, I've got older people, and my older people are dying off, and we have no young people to fill the gap. And I understand what he's saying. But, but this is what I'm saying tonight, Calvary Baptist Church. That ought to bother us. If new people aren't coming in, new faces aren't coming in, oh, don't, get, don't, don't take this wrong. I love you tonight. I love to see the same old faces coming in Sunday after Sunday and Wednesday after Wednesday. And I want to continue to see those same old faces. And when I say old, I mean you've just you've been here. I've seen you. I don't mean you're old, although some of you. But anyway, I, I want to see you come in. But here's the thing. We ought to be seeing new people come in on a regular basis. And if not, if not, it ought to bother us. It ought to, it ought to get a hold of us until we say, man, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to invite someone. I'm going to give a gospel tract to somebody. I'm going to encourage them to come. I'm going to go by and pick them up and, and bring them to the house of the Lord. And so we notice here that, that originally that the church was growing by addition. But this is exciting. 
But then we notice this. We notice it wasn't long after that the church began to grow by multiplication. Now, Acts chapter 6 and verse 1. The Bible says, and in those days when the number of the disciples was, what's the word? Oh my, something has changed. So now God has taken the church from addition to multiplication. Acts 6, 1, in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration, which by the way is why they had to choose deacons. Now skip down to verse number seven. Acts 6, verse seven. The Bible says, and the word of God increased. And the number of the disciples, what's the word? Multiplied. In Jerusalem, what's the next word? Greatly. And a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. Turn over a page or two to Acts chapter 9. And look, if you will, at verse number 31. Acts chapter 9, verse number 31. The Bible says, Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified. They were built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were, what's the word? Multiplied. And so this is just neat. So the church, supernaturally here, the church has moved from addition to multiplication. The churches went from two plus two equals four to four times four equals 16. And so it's multiplying. And it's multiplying greatly. Now, there's a reason I'm preaching this tonight or teaching this tonight, and this is the reason. I believe that what we find here in the book of Acts completely does away with the mentality of wanting to keep the church small in size. Now, why are you even teaching that? Because there are people occasionally who come through our churches and their, and their attitude is, oh, I wish we'd just get back to that little thing. I wish we'd just go back to our four and no more. And uh, we just want to get back to that, that, that little thing. I, I don't like this new big building. I, we just want to go back to that little, that, just that little group. Now, here's the thing. You may want to do that, and I sort of understand what you're saying, but the truth of the matter is that's not scriptural. It's not biblical. It's not the biblical model of what we're supposed to do. People will say something like this. Well, the bigger a church gets, the the more unfriendly it becomes. I'm going to tell you something, Calvary. That's not true. In fact, quite possibly, the reverse is true. Maybe we should say it like this. The more friendly a church gets, the larger it becomes. My wife and I, when we enrolled into Bible college, you got to understand something. We came from a church way out in West Iredale Country Church, uh, out in the boonies. I mean, literally out in the boonies on a dead-end road. And we went from that church to a, a, a metropolitan church right outside of Chicago, Illinois, uh, where the Bible College was. And honestly, the first time we ever walked in this church, I, it looked like the Charlotte Coliseum. I'll never forget the, the security guard. We stopped in there and, and the security guard took us in and, and the church was empty that day and we looked at that church and I thought, Lord, this is the biggest place I've ever been in my life. I mean, it looked like there were thousands of seats and truth of the matter is, there were thousands of seats. And big, gigantic, big, gigantic bottom floor, 
big gigantic mezzanine, big gigantic balcony. It was a big church, but it was one of the friendliest churches we had ever been in. We walked in that church. I'll never forget, we walked in that church for the first time and people were coming up to us and they were shaking our hands and they were saying, how are you folks? Where are y'all from? And we would say, we're from North Carolina. And, uh, and they'd say, y'all must not, you know, y'all must not be from around here, you know. Uh, Hoosiers don't talk like North Carolinians. And, uh, and uh, they would say, you have an accent. And I would say, I do. I didn't know I had an accent. And, uh, and, but you know what? Just friendly and, uh, and willing to show us around and, uh, and just, I mean, just went out of their way to try to, to, try to uh, uh, watch over us and take care of us. And uh, now again, church, this is my point, that just because a church gets bigger doesn't mean that a church becomes more unfriendly. And by the way, don't you believe anybody who feeds you that bill of lies because it's just not the case. We notice here the church of Jerusalem was exploding. It was exploding with growth. But we also notice that it was a very friendly congregation. Now turn back to Acts chapter 2. And verse number 41. We're, we're going to be done here in just a minute. I'm going to be brief tonight. Acts chapter 2 verse 41. The Bible says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Now, this church was growing by addition. 3,000 were added. It was growing by addition. Then it began to grow by multiplication. You understand what we're saying here? This thing was exploding. It was, it, was, it was in God's plan, but it was literally exploding. The apostles, it was so large, the apostles, they couldn't, they, they couldn't handle it and study and pray like they needed to. So they had to say, we got, we're going to have to get some helpers. And so they brought deacons on and those deacons begin to visit and those deacons begin to take care of the widows and those deacons begin to, uh, begin to minister and attend to the congregation so the apostles could study the word of God and pray and preach and try to feed the, uh, feed, feed the congregation. So the church is exploding with growth. Verse 42, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and, what's the word? Fellowship. And in breaking of bread and in prayers, and fear came upon every soul, many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Uh, verse 44, and all that believed were, what's the next word? Together. And had all things, what? Common. Sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continuing daily with, what's the next two words? Hmm. I thought a growing church was an unfriendly church. And they continuing daily with one accord. By the way, that's not talking about a Honda. They were in accord. They had unity. They loved each other. They were a church family. By the way, this was new. And yet there was a supernatural bond that was among these people and they loved one another and they were dated with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. And people say, well, Calvary Baptist Church is growing. They, uh, uh, boy, they, they, won't, they won't be friendly long. And I'm gonna tell you something, that is not true. And by the way, Calvary Baptist Church, we've got to make sure that never becomes true. We've got to be proactive. 
That means when visitors come in, we've got to reach out. And by the way, this, this church is a church where everybody's welcome. And it's always going to be that way. By the way, as long as I'm here. Now, this church could vote me out, but I'm just saying as long as I am here, you are sitting in a church tonight where everybody's going to be welcome. Everybody's going to be welcome. I don't care what they look like. I don't care what the color of their skin is. I don't care where they come from. I don't care what side of the tracks they grew up on. I don't care what their background is. I'm just telling you, this is a place where everybody's welcome. We're going to welcome everybody in here, and we're going to do our best to be friendly to everybody. And may I say tonight to Calvary, in, in, a, in a way of preventive maintenance preaching, and may I say to all those that are watching my way of live stream tonight, that there is no excuse for an unfriendly church. You know what I can't believe? But y'all know this is the case. I can't believe that people would be unkind simply over a place to sit. But it happens all over America. So this happened, what I'm about to tell you, this happened in a church not far from here. There were some visitors that came to the church that day, as far as I know, the very first time they had ever been in this church. Quite possibly the first time they'd ever been in a Baptist church. I don't know. Maybe even they were lost. I don't know. But they visited a church. They didn't know what the church normally does. And you folks, y'all sort of get your little spots where you normally sit and where you hang out and stuff like that. By the way, nothing wrong with that necessarily. But this new Family came in, they walked down toward the front, which by the way, that's a good thing to do. They sat on the seat right about here where Donnie and Tamara are. I think it was over on the side section there. And there was a couple who came in fashionably late, as some do, which is fine if that's what they want to do. The great thing about our new auditorium is, is that if you arrive fashionably late, there's plenty of places for you to sit in the back. And if you can't even make it in, we got some TV screens out back. But this couple came in. They walked down out. By the way, service had already started. Service was already started. This couple walks down the aisle to their seat and waits until the new couple embarrassingly and ashamed, got up, and by the way, never came back. Never came back. I don't know about y'all, Calvary Baptist Church, that gets my goat. I mean, I, I, I want to try to stay spiritual, but I'm going to tell you, if there's anything that makes me mad, makes me want to get carnal, something like that makes me carnal. Amen, brother. Now, here's the thing. If you want to sit on a certain seat, you are welcome. But I would encourage you to do this. Get here early. Because if you have a, an assigned seat where you want to sit, then make sure you get here before anybody else and make sure you stake your claim because if people get here before you do and sit in your seat, I just want to remind you that there's nothing in this room and there's nothing in this church that I own and there's nothing in this church and there's nothing in this room that you own. It's all God's. 
We don't have, we don't have names underneath the seats. We don't have names on the pianos. Well, this is Miss Tammy's piano. Don't touch my piano. That's about as, that's about as Christ-like. Listen, that's, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. And yet you understand that that's going on in churches all across America. No wonder people don't want to come to the house of God. No wonder people have a bad taste for the things of the Lord when they walk into the house of God and, and, uh, and they're, they're treated unkindly and, uh, and they're treated rudely and, uh, and they're, they're, they're sent out. Oh, listen to me. Listen, I'm just saying this, that we ought to make sure as this church grows and more and more people come, that as new people come, man, we ought to go to them and welcome them to the house of the Lord. Amen. Now that's preventive maintenance preaching tonight. I don't think, I, we probably missed every single person in here this evening. But it's just good stuff for us to hear. May we never at Calvary Baptist Church become a church like that. God doesn't bless that. So at our, at our Bible college, we had, we had chapel every day. There was a Bible college, and a man had visited this. He, didn't, he wasn't attending there. He wasn't enrolled. He just thought he would visit this Bible college, and he would just see the Bible college. And since he was there, he thought, well, I'll visit their chapel, the chapel service. And so he, uh, they were getting ready to have chapel that day. This visitor walked in. He didn't know how they'd done it. And so he just came down, found him a good seat, and he sat in that seat. Well, just a minute or so before the service started, one of the ministerial students came in. Same thing. He walked up to this, this, this visitor, and he said, hey, bud, you're in my seat. Ministerial student. Preacher boy. Hope of America. He said, you're in my seat. And the, and the fellow said, I'm sorry, I, I didn't realize. He said, yeah, I know you didn't. Get out of my seat. Get out of my seat. You're in my seat. Get out of my seat. And, and, and made the guy get up and, again, embarrassed and, and ashamed, turned off. Well, this ministerial student graduated and a pulpit committee called him from a church. He went there to candidate. I'll give you three guesses who was on the pulpit committee. You guessed it. The man that he treated so rudely and so indifferently. By the way, you think for a half a second that they gave him a thought. That man said, you want to stay, I mean, don't touch him with a 10-foot pole. Now, what's your, your point tonight? We're done. What's your point tonight, preacher? My point is this, that God, I believe this, I believe it's God's will that the church grow. And as the church grows, we have to make sure that we keep it friendly. Keep it kind. Make sure, and, and I'm not against you. I'm not against you hanging out with your little clan. That's fine. I don't have, uh, that, that's, that's part of the local church. You have your, you have your little inner, inner circle. That's fine. 
You have those two or three or four people that you sort of hang out with and you go out to eat with and you love them and they love you and there's nothing wrong with that. That's perfectly good and Christ-like and nothing wrong with that. Uh, Jesus, had a, Jesus had an inner circle as well. But I would say this, make sure on Sunday morning and Sunday night, Wednesday, uh, revivals and conferences, when you see new people walk in, make sure that you get away from your little clan. Uh, make sure that you go to those visitors and those newcomers and those new faces and those new families and make sure that you welcome them and love on them and uh, may we be known in Union Grove, North Carolina as the most friendly church in North Carolina where everybody, everybody is welcome to come. Now, I've tried to stand for that all these years. When I first came to Union Grove, I had some people, and I'm sure they were, were well-meaning, but I had some people who told me, you can't do that. Do you know where you're at? Well, I still know where I'm at. But I still know what we're going to do. We're going to, by the grace of God, we're going to grow. Listen, the more you are spirit-filled and spirit-led, the more you allow the Holy Ghost to fill your life and to guide you, you're going to be friendly. You're going to be kind to people. And the more that happens, you know what's going to happen, church? The church is going to grow. And folks are going to come. They're going to come. You say, preacher, we just came out of the sardine can down there. What are we going to do? I mean, if, it, if, if, if things keep going like they're going, and we're in COVID-19 right now, what, I mean, what are we going to do? God's got a plan. The Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear. And the same God that gave us this beautiful place can give us another place if he wants to. And don't get, don't get caught in that, on that little hamster wheel and you, when you think, this is it, man, this is it. We've, we've, we've hit the pinnacle. And God says, really? God says, you think this is all I can, are you serious? You think this is it? And God said, if you only knew what I could do at Calvary Baptist Church. So don't be dismayed. Folks are coming in. And as they come in, let's be kind. Let's be Christ-like. Let's be spirit-filled. And let's let the Holy Spirit flow through us as people come in. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for this simple word tonight. But I pray, Lord, I pray that it has hit the target tonight. God, thank you for letting me be a part of a church like this. Lord, help us to be kind to everyone. Lord, because we're kind doesn't mean we agree with everything they're doing. Because we're Christ-like to someone doesn't mean that we endorse their sin. It doesn't mean that we are signing on with the way they're living. That's, that's not what it, it's, it's about. But Lord, if we, can, if we can win them through our love and our kindness and our Christ-likeness, then maybe we can win them to Jesus. And so, Father, I pray that you help Calvary Baptist Church to grow, to grow. And then, Father, I pray that you'd help us while we're growing. God, help us to have the Spirit of Christ. Help us to be kind. Help us to be friendly. And, Lord, I pray that people will feel the love of Christ through us. Lord, 
I just feel like we probably ought to have an invitation tonight. It could be there's somebody here this evening that needs to make some kind of a decision or Lord, maybe somebody's got a heavy burden and they just like to tiptoe down to this altar and just pray about it at the altar. And so Father, we're going to pause just for a moment. And our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. If you're watching by way of live stream tonight, we're so glad you've tuned in. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, I promise you He's the greatest friend you'll ever have. Would you realize tonight that He loves you? He came to this earth. He took your sins upon Him. He took my sins upon Him. And He went to the cross of Calvary. And there He bled and He suffered. And He died. And He paid my hell for me. And He paid your hell for you. The Bible says that they put him in the grave, and three days later, God raised him from the dead. It's what we call the gospel. He died, was buried, and rose again from the dead, and he did all of that so you could have a home in heaven. If you're watching tonight by way of live stream, and you don't know Christ as Savior, would you right now open your heart and life to him? The Bible says, to as many as received him, to them gave you power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Romans 10, 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. My dear friend, would you do this? Would you, number one, would you admit that you're a sinner? Would you believe that Jesus Christ died to pay the penalty for your sin? And right now, would you confess? Right now, would you just pray something like this? Lord, I'm sorry for my sins. I believe you died for me and rose again. I believe it. Forgive me for my sinfulness. And right now, please come into my heart and my life. Take over my life. And save my soul. And take me to heaven when I die. Hey, good neighbor, if you'll pray that prayer, Jesus Christ will save you tonight. And if you did pray that prayer, would you be sure you comment so we can reach out to you and try to help you with some information. Calvary family, let's all stand tonight, if you would, please. We're, we're going to just pause just for a moment with our heads bowed. And if there's someone here tonight that needs prayer, we're going to be here just for a moment. You come. We'll be glad to pray with you tonight. And so, Father, I pray you have your way in this invitation. Oh, God, help us to be the church that you want us to be. Father, please do great things at Calvary. And we thank you for your blessings in Jesus' name. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. You come if you need
Amen. Isn't God good to us? Amen. Amen. We're going to be dismissed in a word of prayer. Listen, have a great week. And we'll look forward to seeing you this coming, this coming Lord's Day, praying for another wonderful day. It was good to see some folks get baptized Sunday. And we're looking forward to what God's going to do this, this week. Uh, Brother Zach and Miss Amber will be with us all day. And so we're looking forward to that. And then the Holt family will be with us on Sunday evening as well. Uh, always good for us to just get to meet with some missionaries. And these folk have been there for a little bit. They're, they're not new. They're, they've been there on the field for a while. So it'll be a good opportunity for you to meet the, the Holt family. All right. All hearts free. Amen. All right, Brother Brandon, pray for us tonight, if you will, brother.